Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport podcast and another special interview. In the latest interview for the hashtag Thinking Forward series of thought leadership discussions, Motorsport Network President James Allen and Motorsport.com F1 editor Jonathan Noble speak to Mario Isola, the head of F1 and car racing at Pirelli, about the mind-boggling logistical complexity of the F1 restart program for the official tyre supplier to Formula One. They also discuss the planned move to low-profile 18-inch tyres in 2022, where the balance will be in the future for F1 between entertainment and technology, and Isola reveals how quickly they'll need to produce 35,000 tyres that'll be needed to service the 18-race calendar F1 is planning between July and December. Here's the interview. So Mario, thank you so much for, for making the time for us today to join us on the hashtag Thinking Forward. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing personally during the lockdown, especially I believe you've been volunteering as an ambulance driver in Italy. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, something that I'm doing since 32 years now. Uh, unfortunately, uh, during this period, is is quite under the spotlight, I would say, because uh, uh, of the pandemic. Uh, I'm doing that now that I am at home and I'm, I'm working from home, so I spend my day at work. Uh, actually, we are working quite a lot in trying to imagine what is going on in the future. And I'm also uh, giving my availability for some night shift on the ambulance. The situation is improving now, so uh, I want to be positive for the future. But at the beginning, when I was back from Melbourne, uh, it was quite tricky. What's probably had to do since the Formula 1 season was put on hold, did you stop all manufacturing of tyres? Did all your factories shut down? What's been the, the process? We, we had some factories shut down that uh, and the decision was made uh, in accordance with local 
government restrictions. So we had to stop the production for a few weeks. We have some tires in stock because the main problem when we restart the season will be that we have a season of maybe, I don't know, 18 races in a very concentrated period. And we need to be ready to react to that in a proper way. Uh, we started to work from home. Uh, we started to have uh, meetings uh, in order to understand how to plan the future, not only for Formula One, but for all the other championships. That At the moment, everything is, uh, uh, is on hold, is uh, just a standby. So we need to understand how to organize our future, uh, the impact on the economical side, that is quite big, and all this kind of stuff. So working from home, but working quite a lot. <laughs> If we focus, Mario, on Formula One, just to start with, I mean, a huge amount of work is going on right now as we speak behind the scenes to get Formula One going again with a, an event targeted in Austria at the Red Bull Ring at the start of July. Obviously, that involves uh, liaison with governments, with public health bodies. What part has Pirelli played in making this happen? And, and why is this the right first step for Formula One? We, we are involved in uh, all the meetings that uh, have been organized by Formula One uh, in terms of uh, meetings with the team managers, team principal, in order to understand how to restart the season. As you can imagine, there are many, many topics to discuss, uh, from crossing the borders to protecting the people, how to organize uh, closed-door races, uh, considering that social distance in some cases cannot be respected. And, uh, the, the point is that Formula One has to give the right message to the people, not uh, just the message that we want to restart uh, at any cost. We have to respect uh, the local uh, uh, restrictions. We have to respect our internal procedures. And uh, it is not uh, easy. It is good that we started to talk about that quite in advance in order to find solutions. Because every time that we have a meeting talking about uh, the different uh, details, uh, uh, some new aspects emerge, and we need to be ready to cover, I cannot say 100% of the situation, but at least 90% to be uh, sure that when we restart the season, uh, we don't have any unpredicted uh, event that can stop the, like, like what happened in Melbourne with a, a case of uh, positive to the coronavirus that stopped the event. Um, it is complicated uh, for moving people, uh, moving equipment, uh, delivering the tires. There are uh, many, many aspects, uh, but I believe we are on the right uh, direction at the moment. It's difficult to make a plan with uh, such um, uh, such in advance uh, because uh, the situation is changing every day. So maybe we are planning something today and tomorrow is, is no more valid. But we have to do that in order to be ready. So this is what I'm currently doing together with uh, teams, F1 and FIA. Uh, Pirelli is the sole supplier. We need to be 100% sure that we are in a position to supply the tires. Otherwise, <laughs> the event cannot be organized. So it's quite easy. It's not just Pirelli. It's all the organization that is complicated. So... Reducing the number of people is, is a good uh, um, starting point, but it's not just this. Uh, we know that Formula One is an event with the spectators. We have to accept that at least at the beginning we will have uh, closed-door events. It's too dangerous, it's too risky to have spectators 
uh, in a Formula One race. Uh, but uh, again, uh, also in the paddock, we need to be sure that we are implementing the right solution to protect the people that are working there. How, how quickly can Pirelli get your racing operations back up and running again? How much notice do you need and how much more do you need government restrictions to be lifted for that to happen? We are trying to work with, with an approach of flexibility. You know that there is the current regulation says that uh, we need to know the tires in advance by uh, eight weeks for European events and 14 weeks for overseas events. Obviously, this is not valid in this particular situation. Uh, that's why uh, we uh, recover all the tires that uh, uh, were shipped to Bahrain, Vietnam, and uh, we have been able to stop the tires that were uh, leaving for China. Uh, on top of that, we already started the production for another couple of events. Uh, so we have uh, uh, a stock of tires that is available immediately for usage. We have some tires in stock in Ditcot. We have some tires in stock in our factory in Romania. Once we have the calendar, we have just to organize the, the, the trucks to bring the tires to, to the event and the people to the event. And the equipment for European events, it's uh, uh, slightly less complicated because we use trucks and not uh, uh, containers. I would say, uh, to reply to your answer, that a couple of weeks are probably enough to start the season. Obviously, we need uh, the, the visibility on, on a longer period to be sure that uh, we are able to supply not just the first or first couple of events, but on, uh, I, I would say, the rest of the season also. If we have uh, the first part of the season in Europe and then we move to uh, Asia, and uh, America uh, in, in a very short uh, period. Uh, it means that for production, it will be quite a busy period. We probably have to produce something in the uh, roughly 30,000, 30, uh, 35,000 tires in probably a couple of months, not in one year. <laughs> you, you, you can imagine the impact on production that is quite big. Uh, we are we are having discussion with the teams, uh, and I have to say that they are quite flexible in order to find a sensible solution. Like, for example, um, standard allocation or some flexibility in this respect to be ready to supply um, in in a very short period of time. The teams are looking to trim back the number of personnel they take to races. Um, what will be different for Pirelli in terms of your personnel at events and procedures? When will they, how different will they be? We will, we will do the same, for sure. We want to uh, uh, use them to, to, to send on track the minimum number of personnel, but consider that we cannot reduce too much because uh, our current organization is uh, already we, with a minimum number of people, I would say probably we can reduce if we don't have the paddock club, if we don't have the hot laps, if we don't have uh, any, any guests, uh, we can reduce a few number of people in marketing and maybe communication, but uh, the number is in the range of five to six people, not no more than that. Uh, we have one engineer that is allocated on each team. Less than one is impossible. Um, we have uh, 20 fitters to fit uh, 1,800 uh, tires in the weekend. 
and give some support to the engineers allocated in each team. And also in that case, it's uh, probably difficult to reduce the number of people. Um, what else? We have some support engineers and some other, um, like security, we have uh, catering, uh, um, some other small groups of people, but less than 45 to, to 50 people is impossible. Consider that at the moment we are roughly 55. So it's not, not a big difference, but for the reason just that I just mentioned to you. Mario, you just touched on it before. I think one of the things people will be most interested from, from your point of view, it must be a real logistical headache, is obviously you nominate far in advance, the teams nominate their tyre choices far in advance, and that's all part of the strategy of the racing, you know, to have different mixtures of, of soft tyres and super softs and all that kind of thing. So you, you touched on it there saying maybe standard allocations is a more practical solution for a very concentrated period of racing. How are you kind of approaching approaching that in, 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 in terms of those options? And do you need at some point any help from the FIA in terms of any sporting rule changes to help you cope with these challenges? No, that's for sure, because the, the, the current system with uh, the choice uh, from the teams in advance, it is in the sporting regulation. So we need a change in the sporting regulation. I believe that is, it's feasible considering that uh, Everybody is interested in restarting the season and uh, make everything possible in order to have the best solution. So uh, I don't see an issue with that. Uh, obviously, we are still happy to leave the choice to the teams if it is possible. It depends on how much in advance we have the information of the, the events. Uh, I don't think that a standard allocation is uh, uh, freezing any different strategy because uh, you know that with the current system uh, we have uh, some sets uh, that have to be returned um, after each free practice and so on so actually we are not uh, saying that uh, each team has to return the same number of tire or same type of tire and so on so they will have the same allocation at the beginning of the event uh, but then they can end up with a different uh, allocation for qualifying and the race. That is what happened today. Uh, if I look at uh, the last year, for example, in some cases we had uh, teams uh, choosing different uh, um, teams are choosing different uh, uh, sets of tires, different compounds, but then they converge for qualifying and the race uh, to more or less the same uh, the same allocation. So I, I don't think I don't think there is a real issue. And just to follow up on that, then the sporting rule change would need to come in the June meeting of the FI World Council, presumably. I believe that for this year, there is a bit more flexibility for the FIA to change the rules. Uh, it uh, doesn't require unanimity. Obviously, there is a flow. There is a, a system in place and it has to be respected. I believe that for urgent decision, uh, the World Council can also uh, use the e-vote system as uh, it happened in the last couple of months for, for other decisions. So uh, there is a, if there is something positive in this uh, strange uh, period is that uh, everybody had to invent a new solution to the current, uh, to, to fix issues in the current situation like uh, e-vote, uh, or this kind of video conferencing. Um, if you remember until a couple of uh, months ago, 
every every um, meeting, like the technical working group, sporting working group, was organized in a in a, in a place uh, with people obliged to go there. Uh, maybe moving from Italy, maybe moving from Switzerland, UK, or uh, any other place, uh, and fly to the meeting to be in the same room all together. We had uh, quite a good number of meetings of this type uh, via video conference, and they were working quite well. So maybe that could be also the way for the future, because you are a lot more flexible. If I have to to find in my agenda a couple of hours or three hours to attend a meeting is very different compared to spend one day abroad, leaving uh, very early in the morning to attend a meeting and then back in the evening or the day after. Uh, we are saving a lot of time with this uh, new system. It is working very well. If you have a good uh, internet signal, it is working very well. So why not? Maybe it's something positive we can learn from this. Mario, where's this crisis left to work on the 18-inch tyres? Um, I guess they're now coming for 2022 at the earliest. Correct, and uh, we have to plan the new, uh, the, the new 25 days of testing in 2021. So the project is frozen at the moment, uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that we cannot analyze the data that are coming from the four sessions already run uh, in from September last year. Uh, obviously, we cannot do anything on talking about outdoor tests, but uh, um, uh, last week we restarted our activities, uh, for example, with the indoor testing. We are not subject to the shutdown uh, like the teams, so we, we are working and uh, we can make some analysis or some uh, prototypes to be tested uh, with uh, our indoor facilities before going on track uh, next year. Uh, outdoor testing is uh, is essential for our activity. We need outdoor testing to confirm uh, the validity of the solution that we 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 test uh, with uh, indoor or our virtual models. So uh, it is impossible to say that uh, we are uh, running the development as we did last year. This this is not true at all. We had to stop our development. We can make some. Uh, preliminary work on that, uh, but we have to wait until probably February or March next year for to to resume the activity. And um, what's the impact on your other categories like Formula Two and Formula Three? Formula Two was quite interesting because we we were ready, we are ready to start the season with 18 inches tires. Uh, they just had the test in Bahrain, Formula Two and Formula Three. Obviously, um, for Formula 2, we need to collect data to understand if we need any fine-tuning of the product for next year. It's a complete new product. We tested a lot last year, but not in a real race environment. And this is uh, always very important because we need the feedback from racetrack in a race environment to understand if we need to make an adjustment to the product. Uh, to the product. I spoke to the promoter already, so... Uh, we will try to minimize the number of tests in 2020 uh, because it has an impact in terms of cost. It is slightly different compared to Formula 1 because in Formula 2 and Formula 3, the promoter has a, a um, development car that is available. So we, we don't need to rely on the availability of the teams. While in Formula 1, we are obliged to ask the teams to supply a car. So for Formula 2 and Formula 3, it's slightly easier, but considering the, the 
economic situation also for these two categories, we prefer to minimize the number of tests this year. So for Formula 3, probably we are going to confirm the current product for another year. For Formula 2, hopefully when we start the season, we can double check um, the, the, the performance of the product to understand if we need uh, any test or not. Mario, taking a, a view of the overall landscape, when the world returns to, to normal after this crisis period, what will be different about the, the new normal as far as motorsport is concerned, do you think? I don't believe that social distances are something that we can keep forever. It's necessary now because uh, there is no other solution, but uh, for any event, I'm not just talking about motorsport, but a live concert or anything, uh, an exhibition, we cannot consider social distance a solution. We probably cannot consider to wear a mask forever. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that on a long term uh, we have to, to fix. But uh, obviously there are a, a number of other messages coming from this period, uh, like uh, consideration on uh, uh, budget cap, you know, is something that uh, Formula One teams uh, started to discuss uh, already before the coronavirus, but uh, it is for sure a lot more um, uh, a topic that uh, they need to discuss uh, with probably another view for the future. Uh, sustainability is another important topic for the future. If you look at the pollution map after two months or three months of, of shutdown, uh, the health look different. And this is a, a strong message coming from uh, the environment. Uh, so there are, uh, there are some uh, um, items that we already started to discuss in the past that are probably now it's necessary to push on, on the throttle for that, to accelerate the, um, to find new solution and creative solution, not just uh, uh, on a small details, but a complete uh, new approach and different approach. As a senior manager, obviously, you, you'll have had uh, quite a bit of crisis management experience through this period as well. I mean, obviously, Melbourne, you referenced earlier on, there was the illnesses of the, the team members of uh, McLaren that then had that knock-on effect to the, to the event. And you, you've had your own crisis management with, within Pirelli. What have you learned uh, through that period about crisis management? We already had a sort of uh, crisis plan for Melbourne because when we were in Barcelona at the second test, if you remember, we had already the problem in Italy. Uh, we had a lot of infections in Italy already and we were worried about mixing people coming from different countries because it was not clear how strong was this virus, how it was in, in different countries. And uh, we had to organize, for example, our fitting area with two different shifts to minimize the number of people inside the, the fitting area. Uh, we organized the offices inside the, um, our hospitality, uh, trying to keep uh, people separate as much as possible because then the, the space is what you have. So you cannot make miracles, but uh, we try to do that. Uh, um, different timings for lunch and dinner. Try to isolate as, uh, as much as possible. And also, uh, you know that we have uh, the support of Formula Medicine in our health and safety department in Pirelli uh, to manage this kind of crisis. So we were in contact with them. We were in co contact with uh, 
the local government because at the end of the day you have to respect uh, uh, the local policies you cannot just create your own policies and and do that uh, uh, I believe that uh, we managed the crisis quite well. We had one case of uh, positive to the coronavirus also in our team, uh, but uh, thanks to all these um, precautions, uh, we have not been obliged to quarantine all the people because it was assessed by local authorities that uh, uh, this guy didn't have any close contact with other member of the teams of the team. So um, that, that was something that we learned from, from the past uh, and from sh for sure we have to implement something similar in the next uh, uh, events uh, at the restart. So fitting area, offices, catering, uh, all the... I know the plan of Formula One to keep uh, the teams uh, as bubble to avoid uh, contacts uh, between teams. Uh, the problem is that we are everywhere. Because Pirelli is in a garage uh, with one engineer, we already discussed that. And uh, one question was to, if it is possible to allocate uh, a space of the garage just to the Pirelli engineer, to the tires and Pirelli engineer and Pirelli technician in order to avoid the contact with the team, for example. Uh, we have to understand how to attend uh, meetings inside the teams. I prefer if they can do that uh, via video conference, for example, uh, because the problem is that if we have uh, anybody in Pirelli that is positive, then the risk is that we spread the virus inside all the 10 teams or everywhere in the paddock. So it's, uh, it's a problem that is not just affecting Pirelli, eh? it's affecting all uh, the, the, uh, the companies or the association that have a contact with uh, all the teams. Uh, you can you can think of the FIA. The FIA has a contact with uh, all the teams, for example, uh, different suppliers, um, helmets uh, or brakes uh, or any other component that is available to more than one team. So we need also specific procedures and protocols for providers uh, that have this kind of uh, uh, job inside the paddock. Well, you speak to a lot of senior figures in the motor racing world. You speak to leading figures in the automotive world. Where do you feel people's priorities now are looking towards the future of motor racing? Where, where do you feel people want to see this sport be in six months' time, 12 months' time? I believe that at the moment, uh, yeah, priority is for sure to restart because this is the only way to guarantee some uh, uh, income to the teams. That uh, it's very important. We know that governments are helping with the furlough and other uh, similar um, actions, but uh, we need to restart the activity to have uh, uh, income for for the teams. Uh, and uh, the main issue now is that to guarantee that uh, not only the the small teams will survive to to this crisis, but also the the big teams. If you think of the, the crisis of the automotive in general, uh, we cannot assume that also the big manufacturers are happy to continue. So it's, it's really important that we have sensible solution to guarantee uh, the economic sustainability of the sport now and in the future. When you say sensible solutions, what, what do you have in mind? Something that is going to reduce the cost. 
in a in a clear way that is not putting small teams in uh, financial uh, issues that uh, will oblige them to stop the activity and something that is uh, attractive for car manufacturers without spending a fortune so it's interesting because i mean for large corporations that have always been invested in the sport car manufacturers oil companies and obviously tire companies like pirelli the massive investment not just in formula one but across the whole range i think yeah. they're in over 200 series or something aren't you around the world so does the attitude to the importance of motorsport change not really because we believe that motorsport is still uh, a very important tool for us to develop technology uh, i'm not saying that uh, we have uh, to reduce cost uh, um, reducing the level of development or reducing research and, and development that is still a very important part of our activity we cannot uh, accept that we have to find the resources for that we have to find a way to develop new products for the future because that is very important very important for a number of other reasons like safety on the road or uh, this kind of stuff so it's really complicated but i believe that there are some areas where we can find saving without putting in danger the the, the show or the, the dna of uh, formula one uh, can you think about uh, the cost uh, in logistic, in traveling, in um, many, many areas where uh, maybe the final result of uh, the money and resources that you put in this activity are not really giving you, uh, in terms of uh, feedback, uh, something that is really going to justify the amount of money that you spend. If you spend don't know, millions of, uh, of pounds uh, to save 100 grams of weight in the car, uh, just, just to make it a bit more clear, because maybe I was not able to explain clearly what I mean, but if you spend uh, millions of pounds to save 100 grams, it's probably something that is, uh, is, not, uh, is not the right approach. But if you spend millions of uh, pounds uh, to find a solution that is uh, guaranteeing uh, the uh, safety of the car or running in or, or developing a new technology in that case is a different uh, story do you think the current business structure for f1 can is sustainable in the long term with just some cost saving or do you think it will need a, a big revamp and a big rethink about what formula one is and how how the system works with teams and fom I believe there is a, a very useful uh, discussion at the moment uh, across teams and, uh, and FOM and FIA. And I believe that with the discussion and with uh, senior people around the table, they can find sensible solutions for sure. I fully understand that there are different positions because obviously each one has different uh, issues to fix. Um, when we are talking about reduction uh, in, in the budget, in one uh, sense, it can it, it means also a reduction in people. That means that uh, maybe you are obliged to dismiss some people. That is not nice, you know. It's it's something important to discuss. So there are uh, it's a complicated uh, topic, uh, and uh, the 
positive side of that is uh, that uh, there is an ongoing discussion across a number of uh, senior people, as I said, that uh, um, will uh, will end up in a, in something I I feel positive for the sport. Broadening uh, out again into the other areas, do you see consolidation taking place across the industry? As several leaders who've come on this uh, hashtag Thinking Forward series have said that motorsport into the future now needs to be fewer championships but that are strongly set up with competitive grids but not have such a fragmented landscape as it's been before the crisis. Do you agree with that? This is possible when you have a situation like the one that we are living now. It's possible because it's a, it's a way um, to, to use the resources that you have uh, and to direct in the same, uh, in probably a better way. I am not sure how feasible it could be, but it's probably a, a direction. Mario, some people view Formula One as a you know, key entertainment platform. Some people view it as an important driver of technology and um, benefits to the automotive industry. Where do you feel that balance will sit now after this coronavirus crisis? Do you feel there will be a, you know, a bigger desire to see more entertainment or a, a bigger push on the industrial side? I believe this is the most difficult question to answer because, <laughs> because, because Formula One is a sport, because uh, Formula One is entertainment, but it's also technology and development. So sometimes to put together these three aspects is really difficult. And it, it is something, if I just look at the, the, the tires, uh, think about 2011 when we had the request to make tire with high degradation for the show. And then, uh, but they were not uh, really relevant for development uh, on one side because obviously we are not uh, making any research for uh, road cars to have degradation on the tires. So it's, it was something that was dedicated to, to, the, to the show, to entertainment, uh, to have a championship with more action on track. Uh, on the other side, uh, we use Formula One to develop technology. That is something that we do since. Uh, uh, I don't want to say 10 years because we did it the same in, in the past. But technology is uh, complicated because you create uh, a differentiation inside uh, uh, the teams that could lead to a big difference in performance. And therefore, the show is going down because you have somebody that is just dominating the championship. So which, which is the one that is uh, more important than the other two? I honestly have no idea, but I believe that we need to find a balance. I understand that Formula 1 is not Formula 2, and therefore you need different uh, uh, cars, different uh, a sort of uh, room of development inside uh, regulations that are quite strict now. Um, protecting the show, yes, it's true, because... And many spectators are watching Formula One because of the show, not because they think that inside that there is a technology that can give you uh, one tenth of a second more. And and uh, on top of all that, we have to be 100% sure that also in the future, drivers will be the heroes of the show because everybody is watching Formula One for the drivers not for uh, 
the engine or the team or the tires. So we need to be sure that any solution for the future is uh, in a way that is guaranteeing this. And drivers must be on top of that. Mario, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us today and um, looking so fit and well. And hopefully we'll, we'll see you on the road again soon. And in the meantime, uh, I don't envy you the logistical headache that uh, getting the racing going again is going to be. It's been fascinating, and thank you for sharing some insights into, into how that will be. Thank you. Thank you for your invitation. It was nice to see you even via a video call, and hopefully i see you again on track. We hope you enjoyed the latest interview in our hashtag Thinking Forward series. Tell us what you think of these shows on Twitter. You can find us at Autosport. Alex will be back as your regular host on the podcast very soon. If you are enjoying this series, by the way, we'd love you to share it with someone who would enjoy it. And as always, if you do use Apple Podcasts to listen to the Autosport podcast, please do rate and leave a little review of what you think of these podcasts that we're making during Stay at Home. We'd really appreciate it. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Calling all nurses. Come join Inhabit Home Health and Hospice at our virtual national hiring event on January 18th, 2023 from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Speak to our hiring managers in real time about available job openings and learn about our unmatched benefits, including flexible schedules and up to 30 days of paid time off. Register now at inhabit.careerfair.live. The future of in-home care starts with you. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.